Intro of the pod. Uh, Mountain Dew uh, sponsor us. Coca-Cola Company sponsor us. If you sponsor us, maybe we'll stop talking about, uh, you know, your death squads and how you murder indigenous uh, workers. Yeah, and how, like... Maybe. Like, it, like literally, if, you, if you're in the sugar beverage business, like, some people get really, really dramatic when they try and, like, bring history up into the present. But, like, if you're in the sugar-based industry, you are in the... the you are the descendant of slave owners. <laughs> So yeah, it, if you want us to stop saying things like that, you're gonna have to sponsor us, Coca-Cola mm. Company. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to pay up. Give us money. That's what the from the Tom Cruise movie. Give me the cash. That's his uh, his catchphrase. That's my favorite. That's my favorite Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. Anger, sexual lust. The sorts of things that you experience when you're playing a video game. All these concepts originated with Karl Marx. Sexual lust. What's up, gamers? You're listening to Agab. All gamers are bastards, and that in that includes you. All right, fucking don't get too comfortable. I'm keeping you on your toes. That's the kind of edgy uh podcast that we run here um i'm your host k and joined as always uh or i am joined as always by uh the the uh uh fuck what's it called omnidirectional treadmill um <laughs> engineer kyle how's it going kyle uh it's it's going well um and uh in the in the spirit uh, of of our podcast that you just set up, fuck all of you. Yeah, fuck you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck you guys. You <laughs> bastards, you bastards, all of you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm your, uh, I'm your uh, esteemed uh, uh, VR headset engineer, uh, omnidirectional treadmill expert. Um, Mm -hmm. and uh just like really like for foremost 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 expert on uh body horror style machines that are absolutely going to kill a small child like very <laughs> shortly after i'm caught i'm caught okay like we're we we entered the pod i'm calling it this weird thing that we're about to talk about in terms of news is like going to kill someone much sooner, I think, than people would expect it to. Uh, and how are you, Kay? Did I ask that? Um, well, I've been, I've, I've been, you know, get, I've been putting in my uh, mandatory ten hours a day on the uh, omnidirectional treadmill <laughs> gaming apparatus. Um, if you try to leave before ten hours, it fucking folds you in half, like. Uh, like Jason like, does to that guy in that one movie. It, I think I think I'm thinking of Freddy versus Jason, right? It, Where he folds someone in half in I, a bed. I was thinking, uh, yeah, that would be, yeah, yes, you're precisely right. And I thought you meant like those stress positions that they used to put that the U.S. Army used to put Iraqis in. This machine kind of looks, it's ba it's like Ready Player One, but like even worse. And like, do, it, do we know for a fact that this wasn't um, like trialed uh, on like U.S. torture black sites? Or do we know? Because this is how they do it. Eventually, we're all going to be in our 
omnidirectional <laughs> treadmill virtual reality machines and they're just gonna press the button and then it's gonna stick the chip in our brain that's gonna like <laughs> it's gonna just lobot this it's these are just secret lobotomy machines it's just gonna fucking annihilate all of us like it's just gonna like like medically inoculate the entire working population and just start exterminating all of the people they don't like via because the the way that the the like the like event would happen in the modern world would be from something <laughs> so unbelievably ridiculous like this uh yeah just like like my goodness i i sent k a a uh um a a, a youtube video i had spotted a little while back um for this i'll include it in the show notes this will be helpful because i think people would like to completely melt down at this as well um i think they Mm -hmm. uh this is uh i've seen things like this before but it's basically like like you know those you know those (laughs) you know those little like play like those little playstation two words uh, play PlayStation. Remember when the the, the remember that lady? The yeah. Whole, play PlayStation. Why? What? Like a? It's in case you got confused. You didn't know what was going on. Just like a robot. Like you, you're fucking. I mean that this was like early two thousands, late nineties, right? The yeah. original PlayStation. Like yeah. at that point, your brain would have been so like just dissolved. Oh. On fucking. 90s uh, advertising like, <laughs> 90s advertising um did you ever have the soda mellow yellow oh one oh of course i did absolutely it was like 90s mountain dew yeah, yeah. yeah of course there was still mountain dew but mellow yellow tasted better i don't care what anyone says i mean it was uh i still get it when i go to where do i get it when I go to, oh i used to when i would go to some fast food places um, does it still exist mellow yellow yeah you can get it in a, <laughs> if you really want to like punish yourself in my opinion in the best way if you come to the united states and you go to an arby's they'll have mellow yellow i i i need to move we got cancel stop the pod <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm packing my bags yeah. yeah i didn't know that the 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 sacred nectar was still available to us mortals That's oh yeah big... yeah god i, I see it the in uk I, sucks man I, I see it in fuel stations sometimes and i have seen it in an arby's um but yeah uh speaking of things that i've seen in an arby's just kidding i have uh <laughs> my favorite thing to do in arby's is to bring in my omna one prototype uh <laughs> the 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 omna one um multi-directional treadmill uh the future of gaming um <laughs> which is basically just like you know you know you know those to- those things that toddlers have to where it's like it's a it's a little station with a circle on it to where it's mm-hmm. got all this stuff that they can play with or whatever well that's your vr headset and then it's got it straps you in via this like like chest binding oh my god i'm watching this guy like y'all just gotta go on and look at this like treadmill vr yeah it's the the so... vest is made of real kevlar it's... which is good because you will be shot with it... real bullets yes exactly. <laughs> it comes yeah. with, it comes with a kevlar vest and a bunch of guys who are gonna jump out at you uh yeah <laughs> and they will sh- they will shoot you they ha- they have been uh they were not fast enough to dodge 
the uh, various syringes um, and uh, tinctures that the the omnidirectional machine is trying to use to brainwash you uh, mm-hmm. to do you know MK Ultra stuff on you, um, and they are now assassins um, who work for this fucking Ver- Vertuix is the name of th- this company. Like I have to look up these people because they're probably evil as shit. But yeah, so uh, yeah. Um, so this is really ridiculous looking, and the way that I see it, it's going to at some point rip the spine out of a small child, because there's no way that this is going to go well. And I think, I think, I think it brings up two interesting points that mm-hmm. audience of our esteemed and respected podcast, um, the n- number one podcast of 2020 by uh, National Public Radio, um, don't Google yeah. that. Um, no, no need to. Yeah, you don't. We just told you. And yeah, he, there's a lot of fake news out there. Um, about... Yeah, watch out for that. Are you? Have you heard about this? This fake news thing? You should keep an eye out for that. Um... Have, have you heard? Has have you heard about this? <laughs> has that? Have you heard about this? Have you seen this, this thing? It's fake, fake news. Yeah, I think it's when there's news that tells you about anything except video games and how great video games are and how you should consume and buy product. I think anything else. Uh, that would that would be uh, technically uh, considered fake news. After after you said after you said consume and buy product, you said the words anything else, and I don't understand. See? Yeah, I mean, no, no one does, and uh, you shouldn't try to, because there's nothing out there except no. for things that will hurt you, and you don't wanna you don't wanna be hurt, do you? Yeah. Precious baby, little In- special baby boy attached <laughs> to the omnidirectional <laughs> treadmill machine. Just to say, if you if you if you're feeling scared about the big scary world, um, and you need to hang out with all of your friends, uh, generic guy with gun, generic guy with grenade. Uh, or generic guy with other kind of gun, um, and also get mm-hmm. a hug. Yeah, you should invest a thousand dollars in Vertuix um, to get. Also, a... Sonic the Hedgehog is there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, no tails. Tails is no. the competition. Tails tried to start their own. Uh, omnidirectional treadmill device, and it killed one of the little one of those little guys. What are, what are they called from Sonic Adventure? From Sonic Adventure, the little Chows. Oh, the Chows. Yeah, yeah. It is the, the, the whatever I was originally talking about. The those guys. I forget. Uh, the blue Sonic is blue. Um, <laughs> blue. Knuckles, Sonic's not so blue. blue. He he is touched by the Soviet. As uh, it were, uh, um, I'm blue. That that the that's yeah. That one's blue. What else is blue? Yeah. What, what a about? what a great <laughs> that song is gonna be the sound of the summer, folks. You should really <laughs> check it out. Uh, uh, yeah, in fourth grade, fifth grade, or something like that for me. But yeah, now babe. yeah, back before people knew how to make music, that was in the before times. <laughs> We were, just, we were just winging it back then. Yeah, with like you know, I mean, when Kay and I were were young people, um, it was a lot of uh, uh, there's this <laughs> there's this this new hot guy named um, Tchaikovsky. <laughs> God, <laughs> I couldn't I shouldn't be too many syllables for the bit. I needed to. Uh, 
But yeah, anyways, no, the, right. the, uh, the, the Omni One prototype uh, is horrifying, and it is, as Kay and I were talking about earlier, definitely going to do a dead space to somebody uh, as a <laughs> verb. Um, yeah, it's going to dead space you up real bad. It's going to, like, dead space the shit out of someone, and they're going to be just... I mean, if you've played those games, like, they're just... They're going to be all over the room. <laughs> like, it's going to be mm-hmm. horrifying. Uh, and so, uh, because uh, Silicon Valley and weird-backed venture capital, Mark Cuban-backed Vertuix, like organizations mm-hmm. are going to do the bare minimum to keep things like this safe and so the children of the you know you know the 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 sort of petite bourgeois class that i think would be really into spending two thousand dollars on something fucking terrifying like this um rest in peace uh, this is the new sw- <laughs> this is the new swimming pool without a gate this is the new. <laughs> it's going to kill. Ch- children are going to die. Hi- I mean, that's the, the the funny thing about this is the yeah the only demographic who can afford bullshit like this, um, are are, are the sorts of people who for the most part aren't going to be using it themselves. They're going to be getting it for their kids. You know, it's going to be like middle age sort of yeah petty bourgeois people with successful businesses or careers or whatever. Um, and they'll just kill their kids and fulfill all of their sort of deepest fantasies. As we've seen um, quite a bit, I would say, um, through the push to get kids to go back to school and, and end the lockdown and stuff. Yeah, because At least in, in my country. It's been driven by, like, middle-class parents just being oh, like, yeah. I can't stand having them around the house. Yeah, it's I like, hate them. They're the, horrible. It's Who like, raised these guys? Yeah, exactly. Whoever raised these fucking kids is an asshole. Because yeah, they <laughs> because they suck and I'm sick of them, and yeah, one hundred. Well, it's one hundred percent the same thing here as well. There's like there's the usual sort of like burden of being a working person and the mm-hmm. lack of basic social services that can help you know watch people's children or whatever and keep them safe. And then there's the people who are actually uh, muscling around and getting things uh done their way as quickly as possible um because they've already asked the manager and it is the uh the uh the sunglass hut franchisee class um (laughs) wait so i heard i heard there's a a really fucking just putrid ass video game that we're gonna talk about yeah we're about to like i think we if if we actually liked our audience, which as we've made very clear, we do not, um, <laughs> to go so far as to pick specific cities. <laughs> Next, we're going to be doxing individual <laughs> listeners and just like uh, reciting their most embarrassing high school moments. And yeah, we yeah. have access to an incredible amount of information. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in terms of doxing, it's not going to be anything like that could actually bring any sort of like physical harm to anybody but it will be the most cringe like we are going to post your deepest darkest cringe onto Mm -hmm. the internet as punishment for you're gonna know (laughs) for video games you did for video games (laughs) it's the video game podcast uh, All right. Well, we'll debate whether to keep in the segment where we make a joke uh, saying that we're just going to dox everyone. Um, <laughs> how about this video game? Yeah, yeah, we really 
we really we uk uk i would like everyone to know what k did um to the podcast to me to themselves um and now to you uh this week which is uh find a landlord simulator uh simple as that um i i would like to go on the record and uh sort of as part of our as we've talked about frequently uh, our evolving very public feud um to drum up listeners i mean because we're mad um is that uh um how dare you make me play this game um uh, which you definitely did. I definitely didn't say mm-hmm. it's a free trial. I'm going to play that right fucking now. Um, and Every it's... day of my life, I wake up and I make the active decision to inflict harm upon you. And this, <laughs> and this was the avenue by which I chose to do it this week. <laughs> the most, the most recent. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you did, like, of course, I could. It's a game. It's called The Tenants. Um, this mm-hmm. is a game that's actually um, not going to be out until the summer, I believe. Which is, uh, but the good news is, is that um, if you want to um, basically do the virtual equivalent of going under your sink and drinking whatever you can find, it, there's a free trial <laughs> on Steam. <laughs> Listen, um, don't play this. Don't play this game. Yeah. It's not even like it's not even like uh, outrageous enough to be fun to play. It just no. like uh is vile to apply any like coherent political lens to. Like it plays yeah. like a very generic Sims clone type game mechanically speaking. Yeah. It it's it is that style. It's it is a Sims clone, basically, even in sort of like the the art. Um, yeah. Except much worse, and uh, um, uh, incredibly fucking bleak, uh, and thus much more <laughs> realistic. Um. Uh, regarding what it's like to like house humans in society, um, which like. I don't know. It's just what I found most interesting about this game. I was like, yeah, yeah I'll just very basically, just as Kay was saying, the the mechanics are essentially like they function. The the game functions mechanically similar to The Sims, um, in that you are designing environments, uh, constructing it, like building things and buying objects, commodities, if you will. Um, and placing them in there except then instead of you play god controlling the um various he's going for a walk so i'm gonna pause and wait okay he gets a very oh man i wish i was going for a walk i know right he gets he gets to wear like a little vest too what yeah because his harness is like it wraps around the front of him too and so he's like yeah put it on uh, helps him steer a little bit too. It's very cute. Oh. Uh, but yeah, this ba- the basic functions of the game. It's like The Sims. You like buy objects, fill homes with them. But instead of like, you basically you then fill that place with tenants, collect rent, and then send your old ass uncle, um, Uncle Steve. Is that the name? I think I wrote down Uncle Steve. 
I, I think I, so. I think it is Uncle Steve. <laughs> I'm like, sounds fake, but okay, even though I wrote it and played it. Um, <laughs> well, for 90 Too minutes. stupid, can't be real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you get fucking Uncle Steve to go fix the bugs in people's places, and then you, as someone who I imagine was maybe some kind of a contractor or whatever, take side jobs for the for wealth, wealthier clientele make money off of that and use that to keep flipping your shitty uncle's properties this is the video yeah. game that's that is it and also yeah. uh i oh did i write that down what was the name of that like jennifer gent gent gentrification jenny gentry or something oh god cindy there's a character in the name named cindy gentry which like her name yeah. is gentrification <laughs> Like yeah, like I don't like so. That's so dark. That's so dark. <laughs> I I don't like. Is that supposed to be a joke? Like, I I don't know. Um, it's it's really weird, and I feel like it makes explicit a lot of things that are often simply <laughs> quietly politely yes. ignored in these sorts of games by making you not a uh, an undescribed, um, you know. Uh, god figure watching over everything you know instead it's no you're a landlord and this is your quote career uh, of landlordism of being Literal a leech quote. and you know uh, uh using the fact that people need somewhere to live to, your uh, landlord career yourself. they use those words yeah they do <laughs> um and so there's a lot of subtle ways this game kind of frames things that i think are really interesting um one of the big ones is that every new property you go to get ready to let is filthy. Yeah. Like, there's fucking garbage and food everywhere. And it... So, well, a, 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 bit of, a bit of backstory. Um, I have spent a fair bit of time seeing the... Watching landlords... And the sort of shit that they say online in their little communities and stuff. And sometimes they leak through and start trying to defend themselves on the pages of certain tenancy, uh, tenant unions. Um, and they all kind of have, um, they all kind of work out almost a party line on like uh, their like subreddit and stuff. Um, there's a few sort of talking points that they all are suspiciously unified in deploying and one of the big ones is the insistence that tenants are basically wild animals who always leave uh their their property in a state of grievous disrepair now liar well yeah i mean they're full of shit but this is a very interesting <laughs> lie because as anyone who has ever rented will know you have a deposit and the purpose of that deposit is if you do that, your landlord takes your fucking money to to cover having things cleaned, having things fixed. Um, and you have a huge incentive not to allow that to happen because you can imagine a cleaner your landlord hires is going to be suspiciously more expensive than any real cleaner would ever be. And... They'll somehow find a way to take most or all of your deposit, even for something minor. Yes. So, yes. with that incentive in place, and the fact that you can be robbed for hundreds of dollars if you 
leave an unclean apartment. Um, the the notion that everyone is just leaving it in a, a total state of, of fucking like disrepair and filth doesn't seem to it doesn't seem very plausible to me. Just everyone. It is it is really like landlord online shit when they think especially like i mean when they know that they're being watched they'll say say still say some heinous things but they just clean it up like when they don't think that they're being watched also which is often because they're really stupid uh because they don't have a real job uh Mm -hmm. they like they 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 say some incredibly dehumanizing things um Mm -hmm. In such a way to where like, like it like I I I I very much appreciate how you refer to it as sort of a party line because it is this kind of like it's a capitulation toward this, like, in our current moment like a, a sort of masking persona or some kind of an ideal subject I think, because we're so. Like, like, honestly, even bourgeois people are really fucking alienated in a lot of ways, which is why they end up, mm-hmm. like, ident- this is how people can end up, like, I- basing their whole identity off of being a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. Like, <laughs> like this is, how, like, yeah. like not, just, not just liking sports and liking a sports team, but their whole identity, like, to where it affects their day-to-day life. Like, this is, this is how a lot of these people think, because they're spending all of their free time on fucking subreddits and in private Facebook groups talking to other, like, social leeches. I mean, landlords. Um, yeah. And so it's this, like, it's this really obscene, like, thing to look at. But it, what it what it does it what it, it does two interesting things and this is this is a, um this is the good part of the tenants i would say uh, i've come prepared with a positive notes about the tenants so there's a very Ooh. important function in how culture as you know pretty basically as you've been saying okay how culture reveals within sort of its gestures every once in a while it accidentally says the quiet part loud and (laughs) this is what happens when you have this sort of like decentralized like mode of like capital exchange through like venture this is how a a video game called the tenants which by the way it sounds like the the contagion it sounds like it sounds like so evil how that and then the like the like spine ripper machine treadmill thing that we were talking about earlier um, is going like this is how both of these things exist. It's these sort of like independently wealthy people. This is my guess. I don't know about the tenants, but usually with this kind of a stuff, it it's the result of like a smaller sort of cluster of capital, an independently wealthy people who then go and find just sort of like individual investors, um, like Mark Cuban or whatever, for example to fund this like to fund this dumb thing because it's never predicated on the actual value of that act of that actual object it is instead um predicated on and sort of imbued with all of this extra meaning and value that we give toward like look at this sims game where you can pretend to be a la- you can pretend to have a landlord career which first mm-hmm. of all a landlord career that's not a thing doesn't exist yeah, no 
because like it would have to be a career for it to do that and it's also not a it's just not a career at all um it it also doesn't function as like a trade it's not a job it's not something you do it's something other people do for you that's what being a landlord is this this horrible video game demonstrates the sort of the ways in which a, a labor theory of value is a much better way to judge the sort of worth or value of a particular object um and it's something that like it's it, it's a perfect point that you had brought up Kay, earlier and i wanted to ask your thoughts of which mm. is this complete disparity between like what what this is the it's a banana michael what could it cost of video games because like fast food workers make eighty two thousand dollars a year that was that was what like like judy gentrification or whatever her name was cindy was making yeah yeah like it's like i found that to in the uh, price of objects are also really weird it's just devoid from any like it like the k the kayfabe of like pricing in like capitalism especially in the united states where there's like 600 different versions of the same thing um i found to be uh, I, as you had mentioned earlier i found it to be very alarming oh totally and i'm so glad you brought up the um the arrested development bit with the banana because that's exactly what i was fucking thinking i was about to say that like um yeah yeah the the fast food worker ate over 80 grand a year um it really reflects to me how once you when you have a certain relationship with um with property like a landlord does like you know many in the bourgeoisie and and even sort of in parts of the petty bourgeoisie do um you don't really see money in terms of money. You see things in terms of assets. And I feel like you can really genuinely lose track of what normal things cost or what a normal amount of money is to like a working class person. Like when I see when I see fucking Cindy gentrification um, uh, being a fast food worker on 80 grand a year, what I see is that ocean of like shitty like op ed pieces written by people who make way too much money being like. You know, if, if millennials would just stop buying coffee, then they'd be able to own houses and stuff. Like, they genuinely think that we make that kind of money, because to them, that's a normal amount of money. I, I think what's also interesting about what you mentioned that kind of leads into, I think, the the sort of s the second half of the stuff that this fucking awful game has to offer us, which is the way that it... it another saying the quiet part loudly it has a very strong disregard for the valuation process when it comes to objects and mm -hmm. well subjects sal like set the salaries of workers in there it just it's, it's just like yeah f fuck you who cares i don't care fuck you like you, you like <laughs> you may you're, you're yeah. the one who pay, eventually is going to pay maybe possibly pay for this shit if it actually comes out uh and yeah. it it the there is this idea that really that it's it had been a while in it had been around in pre-modern economies um everyone should read uh moses finley's book on the greco-roman economy um uh i think he has actually one for each uh moses finley who got uh one of the only classicists who got red scared um and who ended oh. up come, going to the uk and uh settled there as an expat um huh. based as fuck good guy um 
Never mind. Uh, yeah, there. But the labor theory of value was popularized, which is sort of it's it's sort of the the center part of my other point. It's popularized by I, I by like liberal economists like Adam Smith, but Karl Marx used it in application to his critique of capitalism because he was setting it up in contrast to the the valuation of a market exchange system and the emphasis of the ownership of private property um and so like the labor theory of value is something that recontextualizes the sort of subjective processes that go into you know making or producing a particular object in 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 this in the case of what he was when he was writing capital in the 1860s uh industrial production so something that would like 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 essentially workers had been commodified with their labor power because they were forced to sell their labor power for a wage instead of their labor power as well as the need of individual people determining the value of a particular commodity um and not to pat myself on the back but that's a pretty decent explanation of labor theory of value um yeah good one yeah i mean it's like i've read a lot this and have taught it before i I have (laughs) i have bad self-esteem uh basically the the tenets really just kind of shows how like really like this is how capitalist economies work it's like yes there is essential there are various forms of supply and demand that are sort of moving driving the price or the value of particular objects commodities etc um but it doesn't do so with any anything close to the necessary coherency to actually meet the basic needs of human beings and instead is very very easily manipulated by quote-unquote free market economists and Mm quote-unquote free market capitalists who are really in actuality just using the idea of an abstract market to place a thumb on the scale in favor of funneling profits from those economies back to the people rather than the people who actually produce it rather than just the people who own it and this game is like it's like yeah currency yeah whatever like you 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 work at mcdonald's like eighty five thousand dollars fuck you whatever like (laughs) well i think this really reflects an attitude that a lot of landlords have mm -hmm. um because landlords are the most entitled little shits on the planet it's incredible when you go to like the subreddit their facebook groups and listen to them talk when they think they're just amongst themselves mm, pardon me um you mentioned before about you know the sort of rancid fucking shit they'll say when they think no one is looking but like a really popular one is like sort of newer landlords and they'll post and be like hey um my tenant is trying to get their deposit back i i don't how do i how do i keep it how do I keep it all? And then they'll start getting advice from more experienced landlords. Like, yep. oh, yeah, yeah, if you just say this and this, yeah, you, you could just take it all. Um, and it, it, it really shows this mindset where it's like, no, that's all. That money's all for me. I have selflessly provided you with a home. I, I should get all the money I can possibly take from you. Because uh, they really do, like, 
and the way they talk about themselves, and I used to think this was just, like, PR, but no, they do it when they think they're just amongst themselves. They really think that they're, like, providing a necessary service. Uh, I think that's one of the bleakest things about um, landlordism yes. as a practice, is because this is the, the avenue through which people are able to access housing, if you have a class interest in never imagining anything outside of capitalism or the just the very specific way things work right now then as far as you're concerned you are where houses come from so you'll you'll see them say crazy things about them like creating housing as if they've ever built a house in their yeah, fucking worthless paul, lives fucking paul bunyan yeah i'm sure you really put together that like you know concrete block that's sitting over there that's you know netting you however many tens of thousand dollars a year it's just complete like in your it, another really important point and something that we've talked about on this show before which is that like people like bosses and landlords are not in like shithead politicians are not waking up every day in the morning petting a white cat thinking of how they can oppress workers today a lot of them think they're good people who like who are like who are nice to their children and who have a, a special name for their dog and who go to church every Sunday and like they think they're doing good in the world, which is why this is never an art is never just an argument of ideas when it comes to like actually doing work in organizing like two basically like the si the siblings of of like solidarity bottom up organizing, which is uh, solidarity labor organizing and tenants organizing. This like yeah. the the they have this very sort of like similar like understanding of that like it's not about I I can't I'm not going to be able to convince them by either shaming them or like you can shame them into action but you can't convince them because of their class interests and their economic interests to just to in any way no matter how convincing you are to fully disrupt enough to where we can build a society that's fair for a majority of people. So it's about power. You have to get and wield power and it's going to make these people sad. I do labor organizing and we do labor organizing with small businesses and these small business owners, they think they are just like, they don't real like they true. There are people in Orlando who do not understand that you are one in a million fucking shitty restaurants in this place. They like and that is how your workers think of that place. And if because of you, mm -hmm. that is how they feel. And it is it is despite all of that that people end up staying at places like that because they find coworkers that they care about. They actually end up kind of enjoying their jobs and then they build community with their customers. I've seen this. I've seen it in a restaurant yeah. that's five miles from me right now and the problem is is that like when this is a restaurant that like closed its doors when workers said hey can we have an all-staff meeting to talk about the fact that we're not getting like hazard pay and that we're really nervous about some of the like there's warps there's like warped floors inside this building and someone's gonna trip and fall and we we serve hot beverages and it's gonna burn people people have gotten burns before like all of this stuff, they literally shut down the entire fucking business. And the entire time I was hearing about how they were just talking about how they were just, they had been so, they were so victimized. They painted, these are very, very rich people who just from yeah. that restaurant, not their all their other investments, were making millions of dollars. They were very wealthy. 
They were doing well for themselves. And their workers came to them and said, hey, we, this is what they said. This was their public letter. We love working here. We want to make it better. We're unionizing, but it's so we can have a conversation as a group. We just want a seat at the table. We need to sit down and talk. They shut down the mm -hmm. business first for a week and then for good just to avoid a meeting. And they still think that they're good people. They still, they fought us tooth and nail at the NLRB. They hired employment lawyers after that. They fired 20 people and still kept defending themselves using as much legal power as they could. Well, sorry, didn't work. But like, yeah. they will, these Fucking people, pathetic. They're, it's so evil because it's not just cold-blooded, but then they do exactly what you're saying. Is, and then they, they treat themselves like they're victims. And it's like, buddy, wake the fuck up. These people are making $9 an hour rent yeah honestly I, like, nobody uh, is more like fucking shitty and entitled than like the small business tyrant like they're such <sighs> fucking whiny goddamn babies it's obscene because and they like, won't put their money where they, like there's this scale of people who are willing to like like there are so like there, there there's any number of small business tyrants and the worst ones are the ones who have enough money to think highly of themselves but not enough yeah. money to throw money at their problems those yeah, bosses absolutely. still treat people like shit and all workers deserve a union but the real ones you got to watch out for are the ones who are still are, are fucking stingy as shit but they're also rich as fuck too because they will get so nasty to defend both their money and their reputations is like this was also a business by the way that had a black lives matter hang sign hanging in its door just for the record. Yeah, of course it fucking did. These and weren't just these were meaningless liberals. those fucking gestures are. Hypocrites. Like you can hang up whatever the fuck you want in your door. It doesn't mean anything. They had black employees. Those lives don't yeah. matter. Yeah, well fucking not anymore. They lost their fucking job. Like, <sighs> and here's the thing, you know what? If you are in a workplace where they they try to act all cool and friendly and like you're a family, I fucking guarantee you, you try to you try to like not even do any not even like strike or anything just unionize for purposes of like we're going to we want to talk to you about what we need to work effectively um don't be surprised if they try to do the exact same fucking thing because when it comes down to it that's your boss just isn't your friend and they never will be they yeah. are your opponent in a in a in a workplace that is defined by a contradiction that is entirely based on your class interest against theirs and they're the complete opposite. You can never reconcile them. That's the point. One thing I found really interesting, um, and it kind of goes into all of this and how landlords... Landlords really think that they are literally creating housing sometimes. <laughs> and, and this game kind of reproduces that because you go into these, like... Uh, you, you, you renovate these, like, barren, garbage-filled buildings. Um... But instead of what would really happen, where actual workers would do all of that work, first, um, your your uncle, who appears to just be doing unpaid labor for you, comes yes. in and cleans up the trash. And then, via magic, you renovate the rest. <laughs> so you just do it, and all the, all the you know, workers who actually make houses and make spaces livable, who actually do that labor, are you know rendered erased and invisible instead so we can have this fiction Jesus. that you the landlord are, are doing it all it's the good lord who does it yeah instead. 
no, it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's, it um, is like I had not. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, that point crossed my mind, but I did not write that point down. But that's probably the that's probably the most like. It's it's another one of those like surprise. It's actually incredibly fucking realistic because if you're playing a landlord, <laughs> of course the labor that builds your property does not exist. Of course it doesn't. Most of the crews that yeah. people hire, like like if you buy like like in the building trades in Florida, for example, where everything has a suburb and a suburb attached to the suburb. Like speaking, of, I've been talking about how I live in the Orlando area. Like Orlando is surrounded by just like commuter cities, essentially, mm-hmm. and we don't have public transportation here. We don't have a light. We have a light rail that runs on two days a week and has like three stops, and it's like one train, and it's really like it. it like this, all it it was set up as this sort of like. There's there, mm, goddamn! I'm gonna lose a uh, train of thought. The fucking train. The train. <laughs> took my train of thought and it went i get like that when i think about trains it went i mean i just i just i get so mad because i don't have any i see this little light rail thing that just goes by my house every once in a while and you're talking about florida suburbs and landlords the labor that makes the house oh yeah yeah building yeah none of the people who are blowing who are like creating these gigantic like cookie cutter shitty like middle-class quote-unquote suburbs are using like unionized labor for the building trades because we didn't really have like an industrial revolution here much like there wasn't much industrial production in florida proper there was in the south but like down here it wasn't as much so the older unionizing campaigns there was a there's a cigar factory that the iww unionized that was pretty cool uh in nice. ebor and i think there was like a cannery in the panhandle and then like there's there's unionized building trades and you know god bless them etc um and there's you know there's the the uaw is down here but like the auto industry never came to the south because bl- people who owned other industry like disney in florida for example or the uh manufacturing industry like the coal industry in alabama around bessemer for example prevented them from coming here and making all of Mm -hmm. those jobs that would have eventually disappeared anyways but like there is like this is like they're not using unionized labor they're like they're very likely using like there's probably undocumented workers who are building these these suburbs these shitty houses for people to live in like like it, it is like it's not just invisible it is and sort of like a removal it's there these people have to be invisible because their ethical worldview riff with ridiculous paradoxes comes crumbling to the ground the second you look at it funny like yeah it's it's just so there's just just glue and duct tape all over this fucking landlord project thing to where like the tenants, a game about being a land, a, 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 ga- a game about being a landlord, is the perfect proof to why this stuff. Like, there is no reason that a profit motive needs to be in fucking housing. It's the, it's almost as stupid as a profit motive being in healthcare. Like, yeah, like or like, just give me a fucking break. It doesn't make any sense. And even the stuff that seems to be kind of advocating for it, it's so fucking shitty that it ends up advocating for the other position because it's just so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's i mean it's it's incredible um how much if you 
if, if you find yourself being a capitalist, um, and it can be easy to forget that there are real people who have to uh, perform this function in a capitalist society and then not, like, you know, put a bullet in their own head at the end of the day. So they need <laughs> to uh, deploy these incredible cope tactics, which is basically just, I do not see it at all of the labor that... that uh, they rely on basically to maintain their lifestyle. It's landlords just like, oh yeah, I are, built that house. Sure. Landlords lack object permanence. So <laughs> yeah, out just... of necessity, because if I think it's very hard for a human mind if you realize that you are literally the villain in everyone's story. Like you just can't you that you can't reconcile that with your own existence. That's very difficult. So you need to do these incredible uh, mental gymnastics to to be like, no, I'm providing housing. Look at all these houses I built somehow. I'm it's impossible to say person. how, but I did it. I'm good. Yeah. I'm a good person. You cannot yeah. be mean to me on Twitter because I'm a good person. <laughs> yeah, Please well, that's why they get landlords. so indignant when you try, when you give them shit on Twitter, which you can yeah. do because they're on there and it's funny. Because, like, yeah, great. everyone is a good person in their own, like, personal narrative. Yeah. Um, and that's why class consciousness is so important because it's like, it doesn't really matter what kind of person you are. What you're doing is uh, incredibly harmful to everyone who needs shelter to be alive yeah it's this it's this reductive principle that like sees like individuation and the object the objectification it's schopenhauer i'm not a huge schopenhauer guy but i got this <laughs> the tenants made me start thinking about schopenhauer so you know this shit's really fucked up but like one of the, one of the problems that Schopenhauer had that I think is is in general true. He meant this about aesthetics, but I think it works in other. I think it works in sort of terms of the production of a working class or like a, a practice based consciousness. Is this idea of like the objectified and individuated consciousness is like is actually bad and more rife with conflict and difficulty and pain. And rather, and then a a a, a, a the, the the way to achieve something that was higher in some kind of conscious state or in some way or in in aesthetics, at the very least, was this larger apprehension of some greater essence in some object or being or something like that. Um, and what this what 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 this what that that is that is a very simple like critique from german philosophy to use for this but like the real like really what it is to be a landlord is to be a void empty subject constantly seek looking around to fill the vacuum based hole inside of themselves with these things that just will not stick there's a there's yeah. a there's a drive toward who we believe we are, which is who is never who we actually are, because who we actually are exists outside of the way that we communicate and you know see ourselves in the world, which is language. Um, mm -hmm. I'm people. I've been showing my Lacanian card more and more in public recently because I'm very brave. Um, <laughs> I'm very brave. You're to so have, brave. brave to have read Freud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he, he has this very useful way, especially. It helps you understand reactionary ideology, uh, reactionist, like reactionary uh, fundamentalisms, 
which these are things that I grew up with. So they're things that I'm very fucking interested in, even though it's not like my academic form of study. Actually, that's not true. I study, I literally study reactionary people in my Italian history stuff. But um, like, it's like, it's very important to understanding not just like how, say, like a Trump Republican came to exist in the case of the United States, but like, why? Because there is a how and a why to both of these. And a big part of the why is the way that we protect ourselves from the the thing that anxiety, something that can reveal a lot of truth when we're honest toward it. The thing that anxiety is trying to tell those people that they are not good people who are bringing, who are bringing housing to people, but they have just happened to be this is this is that weird sort of like petite bourgeois like like upward upwardly mobile attitude that I was talking about. There are people who are just landlords and who most yeah. of the time they end up like giving it to like a leasing company or whatever and I'm not going to lie, dealing with a fucking leasing company rather than dealing with an individual shithand shithead landlord, a slumlord, like to be completely honest, which I've done plenty of both. I'll take the yeah. evil corporation because they yeah. have automated payments and they don't ever come to my house <laughs> randomly and catch me smoking weed and they don't check to see yeah. if I have an extra cat. Like they leave you alone at least. And all this other stuff you have to you have to like be someone's friend. And like, dude, you're my landlord, you're my boss, you're etc. I don't want like I don't want yeah, to like, have I, to like you. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm I'm letting uh, from an agency right now, um, and like Skittles is a, a criminal, illegal pet, um, and like, yeah, it uh, it's it's an easy uh, thing to do when you're letting from a, a property management agency um, because they don't give a fuck. You know, anyone I interact with there, they're just that's they're just there to fucking collect a paycheck and do like admin basically for. You know their clients who are just some jerk off landlords who've probably yeah. you know not been to this building in fucking decades um so it's no problem but yeah imagine like you're saying if it was some like state. shitty like <laughs> what's that imagine if that instead were the state i know if imagine nationalized housing <laughs> um but but you're right if it was just some like shitty individual slumlord guy it would be a It'd be a big problem. Like fucking dickhead might just decide to turn up at some point. You know, it's a problem. Um, no, they're they're really fucking annoying. And um, actually, one thing that unites the shitty slumlord and the agency that I wanna I wanna make a little closing point about this game here, um, and about landlords in general. Um, earlier, I mentioned how they will try to steal your deposit no matter what. And I mentioned how there's a, a landlord myth that tenants are always leaving their houses like total fucking pigsties. Because um, that myth is necessary for them to, yeah. you know, justify the reality where they always try to steal your uh, deposit. Um, I always leave... Whenever I move, I leave the place clean. I try to leave it, you know, in, in the state that I came to it in. Because I can't afford for them to steal my deposit. But... They will still try. In fact, almost every time I've moved, they have still tried to take some or all of that deposit. Sometimes I've succeeded at fighting them on it and getting it back. Other times I have not. Um, I've learned about types of evidence to collect. Like, you should take pictures of everything before you yeah. leave. Um, 
there's been times where I kind of let it go because they weren't taking tons of it and I was either really depressed or really fucking busy with work and I just didn't have time to go like fucking uh, fight with an agency or a landlord about it or go yeah. to like the regulatory body in the UK that would do like a, a fucking appeal process. Like it's a nightmare. Um, so what I'm saying is even if you do everything right, these cunts are going to try to fucking rob you. So what you need to do is join a tenants union. Yay. If you live in the UK, look up if your city has a branch of Acorn, which is very good, unless you're in London, in which case I believe there is the London uh, Renters Union, who are very good. Um, and, I mean, America's a big place. I know a lot of American cities are starting to develop them. Um, do you know uh, of a tenants union in Chicago, since that's where most of our listeners are? <laughs> <laughs> Chicago or New York oh uh um yeah I believe there is I believe there's an some kind of a yeah yeah there's a there's an autonomous ten tenants union um mm -hmm. English or Espanol as well um I think this is a uh, newer coalition group that I clearly haven't read about until I just Googled it um, <laughs> uh, recently, except for, I think, a little bit off of Twitter. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Google is helpful. Not as much in the United States, but I do have uh, friendos, speaking of Twitter, who do tenants organizing and who are doing so fairly, you know, to the best of their ability. It's, it's, it, it, at the very least, is serving as a point of community defense for people who really like... To put to put it away that I I heard an an organizer, um, a very good organizer put recently, um, it's like people aren't come people aren't coming to a labor union they're not coming to a tenants union they're not calling you because like they, you know, are you know weighing out their potential options they're calling you because they have <laughs> no idea what to do and they just kind of want a little bit of hope that maybe there's something that they can. There's something that they or you or someone you know or someone you know someone who you know knows someone else who can maybe potentially kind of do something because everything just seems kind of hopeless, um, and that's kind of that's yeah. what a lot of these groups can be, even even new ones. So it's worth trying to like. Die. I, I've never been involved in a tenants union. I've done lots of labor organizing, but that's it. Um, they're they're really good, and yeah. they will sometimes like physically stop evictions and do kind of spicier things, but. Yeah. I think with tenants organizing, like, at least two-thirds of it is just making sure people know their rights and know the processes, especially younger renters. Like, a lot of tenants unions get their start or have a strong basis around, like, student housing. Because these are going to be, like, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, people who are maybe renting for the first time. Yeah. They don't know how this works. They don't know their rights. They don't know all the shit their landlord is going to try to pull on them. Um, and, and often just knowing what's going on can be can be a massive part of this is of, oh. uh, of what you need to do we where the as as the yet again the greatest pot the greatest podcasting duo of all time that bring it comes right back around to the point that i was making earlier which is that there's this there are these the tenants organizing and labor organizing are in solidarity labor organizing this isn't the sort of vertical stuff um, of the sort of the like sort of post 1970s CIO like you know business unions as we call them but mm -hmm. the like workers organizing their own uh, unions to as a means for defense 
um, addressing, ad- addressing the grievances with the boss as a group. Sometimes they don't even want to negotiate and bargain for a contract. Often in the IWW, that's what like, we don't really do contracts very often, um, uh, or at all normally. But they uh, mm-hmm. recently have you know sort of we've basically oh I to 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 alienate all the people who emailed me trying to get me to talk to them about it. I think it's a very good thing that uh, Burgerville can finally get that contract that they worked so hard for. Um, anyways, it's a that's an internal drama thing. Uh, <laughs> there is there there is there's a value to education um, and what myself and friends of mine who have done a lot of this stuff before do in our spare time with specifically the IWW in our cases, um, is worker education. The restaurant that I was talking about earlier that had people organizing in it, myself, the other officers, uh, particularly our organizing liaison in my uh, IWW branch, (laughs) also the organizer I was quoting uh, vaguely earlier, uh, very, very (laughs) talented organizer, worked directly with leaders in the branch this is what we're doing in other active organizing campaigns that we're trying to get off the ground we work directly with with leadership at the shop and teach them how to build their union because it's their union and we advise and we help them along the way the best we can um i do communications for them i write their press releases that kind of a thing we raise money we show up at events and then we just teach them everything and if they say hey can you do this or tell us just tell us what to do we'll tell them what to do and that's a lot of like like acorn i think about like i think about like because we don't have like acorns basically dead here because of the fucking exposés that the the fake doctored exposés that they did to try and to take down acorns public funding but the like yeah the uh um i think about like the like public facing events that groups like acorn would do which are just set it's like you go to a you go to a community college in a smelly classroom and you sit and a really nice person from that agency teaches you how to protect yourself under those circumstances and tells you who to call when you need backup it's as simple as that and it's so valuable and it's so important in labor organizing it's everything mm-hmm. that i've no, been doing huge. in my spare time Imagine if every worker and indeed every tenant had that, just that, like as as like a basis. That would be such a fucking powerful thing. Like that's so important. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should. Uh, we're we're getting on in time. We should maybe do uh, do a quick bastard and uh, get out of here. Oh, we've got one. Would you like to take us into it? Oh yes. So. This week's Bastard of the Week. And this is another one of those where um, this ain't going to be the last time. It's none other than Riot Games. So uh, in a story that came out a couple of days ago, a time of recording, Riot Games says its investigation uh, into their CEO found no evidence of alleged harassment and discrimination. So Riot Games has investigated itself and said, we've done nothing wrong. We did it. We did it, everybody. George George Bush has landed the plane. Mission accomplished. No wrongdoing. You're welcome. No wrongdoing. We accept your apology. 
Um, we have like no, uh, uh, holy shit, yeah, fuck Riot Games. You're so full of shit. You're fucking like, like, like League of Legends sucks. Your CEO sucks. You're full of shit. Everyone can tell. Go fuck yourself. Sexual harassment charges are mm-hmm. like just like it's just it is it is just PR spin for these fucking people. It's always going to be. Um, it's not because these are these are not systems that are set up t- for a series of like. And, he, and here's the thing, and sorry to go off on such a tangent on this, but this is shit that really pisses me off. What bothers me about when people are like, oh, they're doing internal investigations at this private corporation or whatever. It's just like, you know what internal investigations at a private corporation mean? It means HR. Yeah. HR is always on the side of a boss and is always going to be on the side of a boss. It's different than, say, like an internal... like And uh, labor unions fucking suck at this too because everyone sucks at this. But there are like... As, like there are processes for internal investigation of allegations against people within organizations that you can make that can be that can be constructed and implemented in a way that keep people's privacy um, at stake that uh, take care of people's privacy protect victims and their identities as well as actually manage to like implement like like taking uh, handling these things with seriousness and professionalism like it like did you know that this is possible there's a world where this could exist to where victims and people especially women and non-men and minorities who are particularly like like there's a world in which like this could be like dealt with in a like a, a good the, like there's a world in which this could not be right games like mm-hmm. like fuck that league of legends sucks league of legends Le- oh sucks. yeah okay so let's be very clear um it is the the position of the pod that league of legends is a dog shit game yes that nobody should play yes um and uh it, i'm reading a uh, an article about the so-called self-investigation by rock paper <laughs> shotgun um and the article's very funny because clearly the person writing it you know it knows that it's all bullshit um they briefly detail uh the allegations is that the ceo was um or the the allegations came from uh, uh a former executive assistant uh that the ceo was basically uh trying to get her to come over to his house to have sex with him and just generally being a fucking yeah just being a putrid little fucker um and uh what i really like is that uh after being like oh yeah wow they investigated themselves and found that they did nothing wrong the article goes on to to say um Aside from the obvious difficulty of impartially investigating yourself, even if you hire an external company, Riot lack credibility in this subject due to previous allegations of sexism in the workplace. Uh, They remain embroiled in legal proceedings over the issue even now, referring to some 2018 allegations. Just good reporting. Yeah, so it seems like uh, Riot is a fucking shitty place to work where... Uh, senior staff are just going to treat you like shit, sexually harass you, um, do an internal investigation, and then decide, uh, you know what, I did nothing wrong. 
I have. I am so proud to report that I have cleared myself of all wrongdoing in this incident, and I've done. I've done nothing wrong. Yeah. See, this is the thing. This is why, like, it's, just, it's exactly what I was talking about. You, you, you want a victim to be protected and actually have this be a situation that's arbitrated appropriately. You have a good, mm-hmm. like, actual union contract, or you have a sol- a great solid like a, a reliable solidarity union in your workplace and then people like this are no longer alone or they no longer have to go into or if you pass the fucking pro act you can we can start doing lawsuit shit actually within like workers organizations so it's no longer relying on one victim to defend themselves um and it's Fuck, no that longer would be so good well, our word, our word versus their word. It's no motherfucker. You want you want to arbitrate it in a respectful and professional way. We can do that, but mm-hmm. equal representation. I need I need uh, I need like a bargaining agreement so I can have my people come and make sure that my side of the story is being heard. Because you know, as someone who's been as woo fun pod fun video game podcast stuff as someone who was sexually harassed at work when he was 16 years old by someone in their 40s it is very yeah bad uh i'm fine by the way it wasn't like a like a like it was i'm fine you you want to know you want to know the person who had who there was one person who was willing to protect me in that situation, and it was the store manager. This was the this was the son of the person who owned the franchises. Was the person, you know, the 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 the, the asshole here. And then there was mm-hmm. a store manager who was always very nice to me, and who was always looking out for me, basically. Um, and one day I came into work, and he was there, and he said, um, "Hey, so uh, I'm getting transferred to a different store. He's going to work here." Um, you know, uh, I'm going to, supposedly this is temporary. Uh, I will be back. Um, just be careful. Um, and I did not know what he meant Ah. (laughs) later on. That was my line of, that was my line of defense as a young person who like relied on, who lived in shitty Florida and who like relied on transportation to get to the community college that I dueled and rolled at. Like, I was like a and who went to who had to go to symphony rehearsal and who couldn't get a ride and so like I had to pay like there's any number of circumstances that were keeping me in that situation and the one person who would have been able to advocate for me was literally the person who was underneath of the guy who could just pick him up and transfer him somewhere else when he wanted to find some kid to sexually harass so like you need a union. You need other people because otherwise these assholes are just going to keep getting away with it because it's our word. It's our word against theirs. Oh, okay. Well, we'll do an internal investigation using our HR people that we hired with no other sort of like levels of accountability. And then like like they resolve their sexual harassment claims with forced arbitration. A union is not forced arbitration. It's real arbitration. That's the difference. Forced arbitration is basically when you come in and say, we're going to give you severance based off of this much of money if you saw, sign a non-disclosure agreement because you guys, because our the boss tried to get you to come over and fuck them and you said no. Like, yeah. 
arbitration with a union or arbitration with an organization advocating on your behalf, often with an attorney who works at that organization advocating on your behalf, means that you get a fair fucking say. And then at the end of the day, if with the restaurant you're working for decides to close the business, you can go to the federal entity and say, hey, this is fucked up. They broke some laws. Here's a, We think that they broke some laws. And then you can come back eventually and actually get a settlement out of these situations. You know. Yeah, and if you don't if you maybe don't think that like that a union would make a big difference for you, I would just invite you to think about the amount of time, energy, and money that big companies spend to try to prevent unionization amongst millions, their workers. Millions of so, dollars. So they seem pretty fucking scared of it. I'd yeah. be very curious about why that might be. Class consciousness is scary when it's the it other is. guys. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's that's one thing I cannot stress enough. Your boss, your landlord, they're fucking class conscious. They know yep. what's going on. Fuck Riot Games. Let's yep. do plugs and uh, call it call it done. Yeah, uh, labor Kyle on things. Twitter mostly. Other stuff too. Um, I'm going to hopefully by the time this comes out. Yeah, I'm going to fucking call it. You know what? Let's fucking I'm going to fucking call it because I'm going to probably get this done by Monday. Um at the very very latest. Actually no, probably earlier than that. Shit. <laughs> I got that piece coming out in the bias and I really want to plug it. Do I plug it? Plug, it, plug, plug it, it, plug it, yeah, plug it. Fuck it. it. Yeah, fuck it. Uh I got a I got a, I got a I got an essay coming out in The Bias, which is a magazine for the Institute of Christian Socialism. Uh that's on the Amazon election that's going on speaking of union organizing. It's a essay about how it's a, this is a very historical event, and I use it to connect to the social geographic history kind of of Bessemer as an old uh, as a suburb of uh, Birmingham, and then I use it to relate to other events like the Memphis sanitation strike, nineteen sixty eight. I do historian things. Fuck it. So if that you go is to so Twitter, fucking cool. That's hype. Thank you. It's gonna it's gonna be good. I'm excited. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. I hope people like it. Hell yeah. Oh, they're going to like it, man. You rule. It's going to be good. Okay, where uh, my, do you live? My plugs, my plugs are that you can find me on Twitter at KNSkittles um, and on YouTube at the very same. Uh, I've got a video coming out pretty soon. Hopefully it'll be out before this episode is out um, on Judas and the Black Messiah, recent movie about the murder of Fred Hampton. Um, and also... Um, Disco Elysium, the final cut, is coming out at the end of March, and uh, Kyle and I might have a little treat in the works in the future, so keep an eye on the old YouTubes. April's gonna fucking rule. Yeah, April's gonna be fire. It's gonna be a fire month. I'm saving... uh, That's what I'll say about that. We are just... just, As we do with the podcast, it's just edging. Just edging. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's how you podcast, baby. (laughs) That's how you play Disco Elysium. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a a cover joke. I think that's perfect. We're done here. All gamers are bastards.
Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Ah, mamma mia.